When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on DKPittsburghSports.com, breaking things down on your Pitt Panthers on another Sunday here in the city of Pittsburgh. It's April 10th, and that means the the Pitt Blue Gold Spring Game is concluded. The gold team won 10-7. Now, for those who care about anything about the game itself, the uh, winners were able to get steak with their dinner. The losers get hot dogs, so I thought that was kind of funny, but... Let's talk about the actual, the, what actually happened in this game. Uh, first of all, we thank you for joining the, the H2P podcast here covering your Pitt Panthers on DKPittsburghSports.com. Or you can check us out on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere where the podcasts are hosted. But let's get down to the big things to talk about. And I'm sure what everyone wants to talk about is the quarterback situation. Now, if you look at the raw stats, you'd say, wow, Nick Patty, he won? Nick Patty went 4 of 9 for 108 yards. Keaton Slovis went 10 of 21 for 64 yards and an interception. Neither player threw a touchdown. But I'm going to tell you right now, it ain't like the box score reads. And this is why I always say when I'm talking about any time, whether it's football, basketball, Steelers, Pitt, whatever, don't be a box score reader. Don't go purely off of that. Go back and look and see how things worked out. Slovis threw two legitimately well-thrown balls that should have been touchdowns, and both of them were dropped. Slo- uh, and Patty even threw one that was dropped by, by Jared Wayne. I was most impressed by Slovis with his throw down the sideline, deep ball, to pass tight coverage, a cornerback right on Jalen Barden's shoulder, and he, put, and he led him right to the pylon. Barden just couldn't snag it in. And if that's, I'm telling you right now, if that's Jordan Addison, it's probably a touchdown. If it's Kanate Mumfield, it's probably a touchdown. Slovis got stuck with Jaden Bradley and Jalen Barden, who are two good receivers, but they're still developing. They're still guys that are needing more work. Whereas I'll tell you right now, I think Kanate Mumfield is ready. That dude, he, he caught a deep ball in the first pass of the game. He's catching. He's showing good separation. 
I like a lot what he brings. But what I saw to Slovis, you saw the arm, you saw the accuracy, you saw the processing. And you also saw it amidst the, the Pitt's defensive lines were crushing the offensive lines. And for those who might think, well, wait a second, what about that offensive line that came back and, you know, it should have all the players? Well, most of those guys didn't play much. Owen Drexel didn't play at all. Carter Warren was out there for a bit. Jake Cradle, Gabe Hoy, all those guys, like they, they weren't trying to put everybody out there and mess them up in spring for a scrimmage that it wasn't nobody going to care about. But that's what I think is so good about what, what I saw from Keaton is that I saw him process the field. I saw him deliver the ball. I saw him show off the arm a bit, show accuracy and, and throwing power. But I will say this, Nick Patty showed he don't have all the tools. Like he doesn't have the cannon that Slovis got, but he got the he, he got some accuracy on him and he could fit the ball where it needed to go and he could be efficient. And I think that's a healthy competition. And what I think is really cool, and I wrote this in my my post-game story about the, about this. But when you talk to both of them, they're like, yeah, I mean, it's a competition. We like competition. But they're not hating each other over. And we, how many times do we see that? Heck, we just saw it with Pitt basketball a year ago with the way Xavier Johnson and Audis Tony did not appreciate Justice Champagne coming up and stealing their shine. That's where I think that this team is, is this team can get a lot better because that's not just that position. That's all the positions. The cornerback room. There's a ton of there's a ton of competition for the starting and the backup backup spots. There's a lot, a lot to be prep to, to 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 be excited about with this team. But I think in the quarterback room, especially, I think Slovis is going to earn it. I think Patty's putting up a good fight, but it's going to be Slovis's job. I, I think that that's always been the case. But the biggest thing to me is that he's got to continue to grow, and he seems to understand that. And what's also very clear in this game is that Frank Signetti did not even begin to open up the playbook in this in this game. They stuck to very basic pro- concepts, very basic things, and they allowed they, they allowed the offense to kind of just figure out the flow of the game. And some of that led to the defense understanding where things were going to go. Like Shane Simon, his interception of Slovis, he jumped it. Like he was he 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 faked he faked the blitz just stepped back a little bit jumped and, and jumped right into the spot he knew where that play was going because they probably did called it several times already so don't be alarmed when you see Keaton Slovis's uh, stat line I think it was actually pretty fine I liked what I saw out of him wasn't the best day you know you hoped he tossed like two touchdowns or something like that. But it don't always happen that way. Now we'll say offensively, Kanate Mumfield, I thought showed what what he was what he was supposed to. I will say uh, Daniel Carter showed up and showed out. He was the uh, the most improved pl- improved player on offense. He got the Ed Conway Award for most improved player on offense during spring practices. And he had two touchdowns in this game. Ran for both teams because they were pretty slim at running back because they weren't trying to you know, use Izzy all like that. And Rodney was hurt. But 
I, I really liked what I saw of Daniel Carter. He looks like he could be a fourth running back in that rotation, which is crazy to think of. He's a thicker dude at 240. He can cut up field a little bit. I still think this offense is absolutely about Izzy and using the ball, using and basically coming off of him. Izzy as your main runner, Rodney as your power runner, Vincent as your other guy to keep things going. And now you can have a fourth guy in the mix, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. But I thought Mumfield did good. I I, I thought so that Jaden Bradley with, with with some of his cuts and his route running, I thought that was very sharp. They need more chemistry. They need more work with him, Slovis, and and, and the uh, the rest of the offense. I thought he was fine. Jalen Barden still got the speed. He just needs to put it all together with the hands. But something to remember: Jordan Addison didn't play in this game for a reason because they knew what he was. And they weren't trying to see him because they knew what he's got. Pat Narduzzi told us the other day he there was a play where. They were running a scrimmage, and they were at the five-yard line, and they just wanted to throw up a fade, and he caught it between two of their top cornerbacks, and they were looking like, how did he get that? And he's just like, yeah, that's what he does. And you think about it, Keaton didn't get a chance to do that with him in this game. Come Saturdays, when they're starting to take on teams, he'll get he'll, he'll be able to throw to him. So don't be alarmed by that. But I liked what I saw out of those guys on offense. I think Ryan Bear got a really good introduction to what college ball is like. He had to line up against John Morgan a, a, a few times, and John Morgan was giving him the business. But, hey, Ryan Bear's young. He can grow. This is the kind of test that you want. You want people to – you want your, your your young bucks to come in and learn quickly, hey, this is what, it likes, what it's like to be in the ACC. Now it's going to be key. How does he respond to that challenge? We've seen guys respond to that well. I think we'll see. I think we'll see what Ryan Bear is made of over the next over the next year or two, as he adjusts. But the quarterback battle wasn't the only thing going on. There was lots of players on defense who were making them their presence be known. And I'm telling you right now, there's some really interesting characters on that side of the ball that could make this defense one of the top units in the country. I'm really excited to look at that. We'll take a look at that a little bit closer right here the HTB Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the HTB Podcast. I'm Chris Carter here, continuing our show after the Pitt Blue Gold Spring Game, where we were talking about the offense and mainly the quarterback battle in the first segment of the show. But I want to talk about this defense. Because I think that we saw some really impressive things from the one, the pressure is going to be coming yet again this season. If you thought for any reason that it was going to slow down, even though they didn't lose nobody, think again. How Baldonado was very much lunging it in this game, and for those for those who might think, well, wait a second, he's supposed to show effort. Calm down. How was a bad man? They 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 told him to definitely go. Don't go all the way all the way live. And they did that to probably to protect him. Because last year they lost Deslin Alexander. He got injured in the spring game, and it took him a long time to get back from that injury. And Mike and uh, Pat Narduzzi has talked about that on numerous occasions. Talked about it this week. Talked about it again after the game. That's why Deslin Alexander didn't even play in this game. 
but John Morgan showed Ryan Bear what was up, also gave problems to Matt Gonsalves, I think. And Matt Gonsalves is a guy I think could start in a lot of places in the ACC at offensive tackle. But because Pitt's offensive line group brought so many guys back, he's going to be a backup for another year. Another impressive testament to uh, the, the culture of Pat Narduzzi's built, that Gonsalves is a player who can play guard or tackle, and yet he's a backup for another year, and he's not trying to transfer. Good culture. But again, back to the defense. Both Deion Hayes and Nakai Johnson getting in the backfield. You love to see it. Two local dudes getting after it. Deion Hayes, I continue to think, is going to be a major force for this team. And Nakai Johnson's a guy, he's like a year behind Deion. If he can work his way forward, if he can continue, if he can continue to grow, oh man. This might be a factory that Pitt has going on right now in its defensive line. I thought Ben Bam Brimma had a good day. Didn't see much out of Elliot Donald, Aaron Donald's nephew. He's a sophomore. But that happens in spring games. Don't trip about a spring game. You know, be excited for what you saw, but not overly excited. It's like something it's like what I tell y'all with Steelers stuff all the time. Don't be you know, don't go out here and think it's like it's like preseason games. Like, you know, don't get too hyped. You know, there's guys like, oh, that guy caught a touchdown. He's definitely going to be making the team. No, it doesn't mean anything. Put all the pieces together. Listen to everything. Listen to how coaches talk about them. That's the key. Now, one guy that everybody's talking about, though, on defense is Bengali Kamara. And I guess two guys in him and Solomon DeShields. I really liked what I saw of them. Kamara playing downhill downhill being fast hitting dudes flowing to the ball looks really really solid and athletic he's fast he plays fast you know i'm a big johnny partition guy i'm a big phil campbell guy both of those guys really good pit linebackers filled their roles knew where they were supposed to be great chemistry great teammates I thought they were they were a huge part of what made that defense so awesome in that 2021 acc championship run but they couldn't do athletically what neither Kamara nor DeShields can do. And I wrote about this, and I talked about this in the show, because we were hearing about it all spring camp, and man, did they show it. There was a really good rep where Solomon DeShields was running with Gavin Bartholomew. Bartholomew, by the way, also a legitimately athletic tight end who I think is going to be a problem when Pitt's offense gets going. I think I think that he's going to be a, a guy that teams are going to have, have a hard time stopping. And Solomon Shields ran with him stride for stride in a crossing pattern over the middle and created the tightest passing window for Slovis to get the ball through. And I, I think he got a finger on the ball, but the ball still also hit uh, Bartholomew's hands and he didn't pull it in, so it kind of counted as a drop. But still, the fact that Shields is keeping up with the guy at that space and making that kind of difficult, that's the stuff you want to see out of your linebackers. That's what you want to see from them in coverage, helping in those situations, taking away a tight end. That make that can make the world a difference. And if the linebacker position, as Pat Narduzzi said, he said, we perceived the linebacker position to be a weakness this year because we got all these new guys fitting into it around Savassier. If the linebacker position could be a strength, oh, Lord, look out. As far as... Uh, the rest of the defensive front, Kalijah Kansi still looks like Kalijah Kansi. I thought Devin Danielson had a good day. 
I think the defensive front is going to be just as fine, just as immaculate. But let's talk about that secondary real quick. Oh, also, excuse me, before I get to the secondary, Shane Simon also looks legit. Had that interception, Had was always around the ball. I think they got a really good transfer dude out of Notre Dame for a year. And he's depth, y'all. Starting linebackers are probably going to be DeShields, Kamara, and Dennis. Which means Shane Simon's coming up behind them with Brandon George, who also looked pretty solid. Man. Don't play with them linebackers. They're going to hurt you. But again, let's get to the secondary. I thought Hallett got beat got beat, you know, on a play action. That's one of my things with Eric Hallett. I want to see him develop this year is on, on the deep ball that he gave up on the first play of the game. Now, granted, it was play action. It was a good ball from Patty and Kanate Mumfield ran a great route. But I want to see Hallett process things a little bit better than he has, because that was a that was remnant of Western Michigan when he just straight up fell down and he gave up a touchdown. Or when they couldn't understand what Caleb Ellie was doing. I think those are things that you want to see less of. But you didn't see that again really throughout the rest of the game. I thought he held it down after that. I was really impressed by Marquez Williams. I thought he held it down. I think A.J. Woods is... I've always liked A.J. Woods. I think he's going to be just fine. But I'll tell you what. M.J. Devonshire looked good. There were some plays where uh, Slovis or Patty would break the pocket. And Pitt's corners would run with Pitt's receivers improvising and, and and sticking with them, and they were applying tight coverage. That's what I'm saying. This wasn't just a pushover game where the defense was, the offense just stunk and the defense was just there. Or the defense, you know, just give up plays because the, and the offense was, was, was kind of meh. This was a competitive scrimmage. This was a competitive outing that I think should further your excitement if you're a Pitt fan of this program and what it could be this year. And I really think if Pitt can be the truth, if Slovis, Slovis don't got to be Kenny Pickett. I, I want people to get that out of your mind. But if Slovis can be a good Pitt quarterback and that Jordan Addison can be what he was last year and maybe even better because I'm hearing that he's getting better and Mumfield can be a super threat himself and you get all these other pieces going, I'd be real scared to play this team. I'll tell you right now, I think those West Virginia Mountaineers, they're in for a lot of tr- trouble on opening day. Coming to Heinz Field, I think there's going to be a lot of excitement. I think these dudes are going to be ready for them. And I'm not so sure that West Virginia is ready themselves. And it might not be a back- backyard brawl. It might be a backyard mall. Because I think they're going to come in there. I think they're going to get really. I think they can get worked over if this team. If this team is bringing the pressure that I think it Britley can bring, and if this offense can click in the ways that I think it will when Jordan Addison's on the field and they have their full complement of wide receivers to go along with Keaton Slovis's arm. Watch out! I'm telling you, Pitt could be on its way. But long time before then. Those guys got to focus on finals now, finish out the academic year, take a, take a couple weeks off, and then be back, and then it'll be full swing ahead. And we will keep you updated on how your Pitt Panthers are progressing, getting ready for the season when summer camp returns. But we hope that you had a great weekend. Uh, wanted to say this, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the, Dwayne, uh, the, the Haskins family for the passing of Dwayne Haskins. It's a very sad uh, story. I heard that this morning. 
Uh, we were all trying to confirm it or, or or see if if it wasn't true when we first heard the rumors. Unfortunately, it was. And uh, just want to remind everyone out there, hug your loved ones. You never know when you might lose them. You never know what might happen. Nobody deserves it. But sometimes terrible days could happen like this. And it just reminds me in those moments that I got to tell people that I love, that I, that I do love them. And I'm honored to have them in my life. So if you're, so if, if you have, if, if you have, that's whatever, I, whenever I hear about someone passing away untimely, you know, let alone a 24 year old young man who just signed a deal with, to, to return to an NFL team. Whenever I hear something like that and someone passed, went away before their time, makes me, makes me appreciate the people who I do have in my life and that I have my own life that much longer. So again, thoughts and prayers to the Haskins family and all those who knew and loved and appreciated Dwayne Haskins. We'll be thinking about him here in DK Pittsburgh Sports. I'm Chris Carter. This has been the H2P Podcast. Thanks again for listening. The Daily Shots are back up Monday. That's all the rest of our regular lineup here at DKPittsburghSports.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. I'll be back in your ears and talking to you about pit football real soon.